Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job helps us recognize the potential we carry as the image bearers of God. No matter how deep you've gone, no matter how much you have tried to erase the stamp of God's image in your soul, there is something in your soul. There's glimmers of God within your soul, glimmers of the divine within your soul. That which God has created, that's what God has called you to be. It's in there somewhere. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Today we're continuing the first message of a series called Your God is Too Small, where we'll be gaining a better understanding and appreciation for the size, power, and love of our God. Mark is showing how God wants to be engaged in our journeys and helps call us forward to the destinies He has prepared for us. So regardless of your background, your insecurities, your weaknesses, or your fears, God has the power to revolutionize your life and use you in a mighty way. This lesson takes us to the book of Judges, chapter 6 in the story of Gideon. And Mark has titled this message, God is Bigger Than Your Background. I love the fact that God is a God of second chances and will meet us in the middle of our mess, but it doesn't, He doesn't liberate us from our mess that we have sown we got to climb our way out of it. Listen, one last comment on this. Listen, some of you have spent 25 years sowing a mess, and you expect that you come to Jesus, go to the altar, bow your knee, pray one little prayer, and you expect that you're going to wake up and it's all going to be gone. Think again. Or oh, the power to change is going to be there. But don't you just think that if you got yourself $40,000 in debt because you come and pray and ask Jesus into your heart that you're going to go and somehow the creditor's going to say, hey, we have no record of that $40,000 in debt. No, no, you still got debt. I love what it tells us in Joel chapter 2, verse 25. He says, I will restore the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. The, dis- the hopper, the destroyer, the cutter, my great army which I sent among you. I will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. I love that phrase. God can restore it, but it takes time. Secondly, write this down. God is bigger than your personal inadequacies. He calls out the image bearer hidden under the rubble of your life. I love what God does now. The people of Israel have called out. God shows up in a very unpredictable place to a very unpredictable individual. The Bible says that God shows up in this hidden place. Uh, There's a man, a young man by the name of Gideon, and he's threshing wheat in a wine press. Now, you don't thresh wheat in a wine press because a wine, wine press is meant to smash grapes in, and when you're threshing wheat, you should be doing it out in an open field. Because the way you thresh wheat is you throw the wheat up into the air and you let the wind carry away the chaff so you can purify the grain. But Gideon, because he's hiding from the enemy, he's secretly threshing wheat in an inconvenient place because he's driven by the fear of the enemies that have oppressed him. And the angel of the Lord came down and appeared. By the way, when it says the angel of the Lord, this is not an angel, simply an angelic being. It's the same angel like it tells us when the the angel of the Lord wrestled with Jacob. 
It's what theologians call a theophany. A theophany is a manifestation of the pre-incarnate Christ. In other words, it's how Christ revealed himself in the Old Testament, not through the incarnation, but through taking on a form of a man. In the incarnation, he became man. In the Old Testament, he takes on the form of a man when he appears to people. But this is God himself, the angel of the Lord, but it's God himself appearing to Gideon. And the angel of the Lord appears, and I love the, I love the laid-back nature of this angel. He doesn't appear swinging his sword in a loud, thunderous voice. It says, the angel of the Lord came and sat down. He's like chilling. He sat down under an oak tree that belonged to Joash, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress to keep it from the Midianites. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, check this out. Listen, look up at me. The angel of the Lord looks at Gideon, who is in fear, hiding from the Midianites, clustered away in fear, we find later on, doubting God, looking at a dark future, no formal training as a warrior, And the Lord looks at him, and he says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. You see, what his reality said about him is you're some loser hiding in a wine press there, afraid of your enemy, destined for failure. But what God saw in him, what it was what his destiny was calling him to be, his God-given destiny, a mighty warrior. Now, he had not yet become a mighty warrior, but God already saw into his soul and into his spirit that he had the makings, the calling, the destiny of a mighty warrior. So God called out from in him what was already there, but he had not yet discovered. Faith speaks into being those things that are not yet manifest. To the lame, Jesus said, walk, but he's lame, but God is calling in faith their destiny to walk. To the dead, Jesus said, rise up, but they're dead, but Jesus is calling them into the destiny that he has for them through faith. To the scared young man, he says, mighty warrior, when he's still in fear. Because God is calling in faith that which he is becoming, that which he sees within him. Listen, all of us have the stamp of God's image within our soul. You may have made a mess of your life, but I I want you to know no matter how dark you've fallen, no matter how deep you've gone, no matter how much you have tried to erase the stamp of God's image in your soul, there is something in your soul that was created in the image of God. There's glimmers of God within your soul, glimmers of the divine within your soul, that which God has created. That's what God has called you to be. It's in there somewhere. Sometimes we look at people that are fallen and, and, and have committed crimes and have, and have done a lot in there, and, and we say, how could they be? They're monsters, we say. 
But I want to say that within every, no matter how dark people are or how far they've fallen, I want to say that every individual, every human being is created in the image of God. And there's something, something in the crevice of their soul, something deep inside, something inside of them that gives them dignity as someone created in the image of Almighty God. And it's all the way you look at them. You can watch the news on TV and hear of the violence on the street and some kid that is brutally beaten in front of Finger High School or some young boy that's shot 17 years old and some senseless gang violence over in Little Village. And we can create out of the gangbangers monsters. We can create out of them the scum of the earth. But I want you to know those are sons and daughters. They're young men and women who have mothers and fathers. They're grandchildren. Marred and bruised and beaten, disoriented, looking for meaning, full of violence and anger and rage, but there's someone's son or daughter. Listen, they're not my enemy. They're not my enemy. They're a person that God has called us to reach and to rescue to save and call into light, to call out the divine, mighty warrior within them unto God, to call out what they have been truly destined for, which is not street violence and gang and rape and murder and rage. They've been called to significance and purpose. They've been called with the destiny and a future. They've been called to do something. They've been called to rise up and be men of God. They've been called up to rise up and reflect the glory of God. And somewhere within their soul, they still desire it. And somewhere in their being, it's there. Just like every human being on the face of this earth. Mighty warrior. Rise up. Proverbs 18.21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Can I remind you, by the way, that we are sowing seeds day in and day out. And just the way that God speaks into our destiny and our future, listen, I, I want you to know something. Those of you that are fathers and mothers, those of you that lead households, listen, you are speaking in the future of the destiny of your children as well. Do you realize that? If all a young man hears day in and day out is you're nothing, you're lazy, you'll never amount to anything, you're a loser, I wish you were like someone else, and who did you come from? You're nothing like, like us. You're going to end up in jail and get out of my house if you don't. If that's all they hear day and night, listen, you are calling out into their future what you are predicting that they will be. Mighty warrior. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 says, Not that we are adequate in of ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God. The third thing I want you to write down is this. God is bigger than our doubts about our journey. He calls us into our future with what we have. Listen to what it says. God calls him mighty warrior. In verse 13, Gideon answers and he says, but sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? 
But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. You see, God calls them into his destiny. God calls out who he is. But Gideon responds with doubts about his journey and even doubts about God. He says, if God really has been with us, and if the Lord is really with me, then why haven't I seen his hand throughout my journey? Where was God when the Midianites were ravaging our households? Where was God when he was, they were stealing our crops and raping our women? Where was God when they were burning down our homes? Where has God been while we've been living in misery and being taken advantage of? Where is the God liberator that we heard about in Egypt that sends plagues and parts the Red Sea? Where is this conquering victorious God? Because I haven't seen him. Hear me well because some of you need to hear this today. Listen, some of you equate the fact that you have not seen the hand of God visibly in your life you equate it with abandonment or that God hasn't been there or that God hasn't cared. But here's what I want you to know. Listen, God has always been there. Sometimes you have been blinded by your own pain, blinded by your own rage, blinded by your own doubt, and even, and sometimes you have not seen the hand of God. But just because you have not seen the hand of God does not mean that God has not been there. Just because a blind person cannot see the sun does not mean that the sun is not there. It just means that they temporarily cannot see the sun. Listen, I want you to know that before you were born, God was there. The moment you were conceived, the Spirit of God delighted in your conception. As you were forming uh, as a fetus within the uh, womb of your mother, the Spirit of God was there and aware of it. When you were born into this earth, the Spirit of God celebrated your birth and called you out to your destiny. Doesn't matter if your parents were married or not married. Doesn't matter what people called you when you were born or whether your mother was 16 and unmarried or not. God celebrated your birth. God was there when you were born. When you took the first step, God was there. When you spoke the first word, God was there. Your first day that you went to school, God was there. The first day that you felt intimidated, God was there. The first thoughts that you had in your mind, God was there. Your first attraction to a boy or a girl, God was there. You see, God has been there every moment of the journey. Sometimes the invisible force that you were not aware of, sometimes blinded by your doubt, sometimes invisible because no one taught you that he was there, but the Spirit of God has been present in your life all along. He's always been there. You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job, and we are only halfway through today's lesson. It's titled, God is Bigger Than Your Background, so don't go anywhere. We'll continue in a moment. Mark, this is a good time, though, to let our listeners know about the special Christmas message coming up this weekend on our sister program. Absolutely. So this weekend, we have a message entitled, Emmanuel, God with us. Out of the 
really compelling, iconic passage of Isaiah chapter 7. This is going to get you ready for your Christmas celebration. It's only a few days away, isn't it? So let's prepare our hearts by listening to Bold Steps Weekend on many of these same stations. You can always listen at boldstepsweekend.org as well. And for even more Bold Steps content, check out the newest addition to Mark's teaching resource, a short 60-second program called the Bold Step Minute. You can listen and learn more by going to boldstepsminute.org. All right, let's continue with the final part of our message for today. Here again is Mark with more Bold Steps. And there are certain things in earth, certain things on this side of heaven, listen, that none of us will never know about. And there's not easy answers. I've looked into the eyes of a mother who lost a 16-year-old boy saying to me, why? Why my son? Why now? I've been there where people breathe their last of loved ones that should have, should have lived a lot longer than they did. And the question is, why? Why didn't God do something? At that moment in time, you know, flippant, easy answers seem shallow at best. Oh, words that we say so easily, like well, they're in a better place. At that moment of pain, they just ring a little bit superficial. But I think in the middle of the pain, in the middle of the questions, I know one thing for sure. God is too wise to be confused. I know God's not confused. God is too good to be unkind. So I know he's not unkind. And as Spurgeon said, when I cannot understand his hand, I can always trust his heart. God is there. Some of you will never know why. Some of the things that happen on earth, we will never know why. But one thing I do know, that God is still just, that God still cares, that God is still there, and he's still willing and worthy to be trusted. Amen? And lastly but not least, listen, verse 15. The Lord turned him and said, go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Gideon responds to the Lord, O Lord, but Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. Listen, write this down. God is bigger than your dysfunctional family history. Hello. God is bigger than your dysfunctional family history. And God knows we have a lot of dysfunction, doesn't he? Man, there are issues. Boy, there are issues. You have issues. I have issues. She has issues. We all have issues. And listen, none of us comes from a family that has no issues. We all have issues in our family. And we all come with family, a lot of issues. And some are big issues, in fact, once in a while, I like to tell people, I, once in a while, I like to, for us to remind each other, I have issues, you have issues too, right? 
So why don't you just turn to the person beside you and say, hey, you know what, I, I have issues. Go ahead, tell them. Here's the alphabetical order of your issues. No, no, don't go there. Just right now, we're just admitting we have issues, okay? Because we all have them. We all have them. Gideon had major issues in his life and major issues in his family. And I wish I had time to get into all the issues. I don't, uh, but let me just give you a couple of the issues that were here. Listen, Gideon says, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least of my family. Do you remember the story that Jacob, who wrestled with God, his name was called Israel, Israel had 12 sons. Joseph and Benjamin were the youngest of the sons. Those were supposed to be the 12 tribes of Israel. Two of them were not the tribes of Israel. And so the sons of Joseph were adopted. At, they were adopted as two of the tribes of Israel, Manasseh and Ephraim. And when Joseph brought his sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, to be blessed by Jacob, his father, Jacob crossed his hands over, and instead of blessing Manasseh, the oldest, he blessed Ephraim as the oldest. So not only was his tribe adopted into Israel, but he should have been blessed first, and he was blessed second. So Gideon says, hey, I'm of the least of the tribes. I mean, not only are we adopted, but we're not even blessed. And to make things worse, do you know who Gideon's father was? Gideon's father was the local caretaker of the idols in town, the Ashtoreth pole. He was the groundskeeper, the caretaker of the idols that God was so against. So some people would say, hey, there's Levi. He's the son of the blacksmith. And here, there, there's Simon. He's the son of the seamstress. And there's Jesse. He's the son of the cobbler. Oh, and there's Gideon. He's the son of the idol caretaker. The very thing that God hated, his family was involved in up to their ears. Gideon grew up around the Astropole, which was a god of fertility that they worshipped. The people would come, and the Astra and Baal, they would actually do human sacrifice to gain the favor of the gods. So very well could be that people were sacrificing babies in the yard of Gideon's household. You thought you had a bad background? I mean, they're sacrificing children at his home, idol worship, demons galore. I mean, that was Gideon's family. Oh, I love who God chooses to use. Corinthians tells us, for God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the mighty. And he's chosen the things are not the things that are not to bring to naught those things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. Because listen, if you had it all together, if you were the top of the class, if you were too smart, if you had all your talents, then the challenge is and the temptation is to say, man, I did this on my own power. Look at me. Glory to me. But when you know you can't, when you know you're not able, when the task is too big, when you can't do it on your own, when you know that it's God's power, then all you can say is, whoa, this was all God. This was all God. 
That's exactly what Gideon knew. He said, I'm the least, I'm the, I'm the lowest. I'm... God said, I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid of taking you, the least, the lowest, the neglected, the dysfunctional. I'm not afraid because when I pour my power, I can do incredible things. Today we heard the conclusion of a powerful message from Mark Job titled, God is Bigger Than Your Background. But before we say goodbye, let me encourage you to visit our website and catch up on any previous message you may have missed on the radio. You'll find us at boldstepsradio.org. There you'll also see the wide variety of faith-building resources we offer our listeners, including this month's timely Bold Step gift. If you've been looking for a Christmas devotional that offers more than just food for thought and gives real practical opportunities to create memories and go deeper with Jesus, we've got just the book. It's an engaging and festive devotional called Unwrapping the Names of Jesus. In it, you'll be guided through the Advent season with a unique focus on the different names of Jesus. Discover as a family what the Prince of Peace and Son of Righteousness really means to your faith and dedicate this Christmas season to going deeper with Christ. With daily prayers, reflections, talking points, and activity plans, this resource may quickly become a new family tradition. So reach out today and request your copy of Unwrapping the Names of Jesus when you give a financial gift of any amount to support this ministry. Just visit us online at boldstepsradio.org or call us at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. You can also send that donation through the mail Write to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Well, I'm Wayne Shepherd, and that brings us to the end of our program and our week. But next week, Mark continues our series called Your God is Too Small with another empowering lesson titled God is Bigger Than Your Baggage. If you've had doubts or burdens that seem to get in the way of spiritual growth, make sure you tune in Monday to Bold Steps with Mark Jones. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.